0: welcome back everyone to another episode of the draw control podcast on today's episode I am joined by former Canisius and Maryland women's lacrosse player Erica Evans Erica has accomplished many things during her lacrosse career she won a national championship with Maryland back in 2019 won a gold medal with Team Canada in the U19 World Cup she was a Mac midfielder of the year and MAC Rookie of the Year as well, and she is Kanishus' all-time leading goal scorer with one hundred and eighty-six goals, and was on the two thousand nineteen All Big Ten team. Erica, uh, thank. You. It's an honor getting the chance to talk with you today. And how's everything going?
1: I'm good. Um, done the school year, which is nice. I'm a teacher, so uh, summer's finally started, which is which is exciting. So, ready for some lacrosse this summer.
0: It's awesome. Uh, how has your summer been going so far? And like, do you have anything fun planned, whether it's lacrosse related or not?
1: Uh, yeah, I have a little bit of coaching. Um, I coach a girls' box team in where I live, um, and then I've also been playing some box lacrosse myself. So on a women's team, so um, having that opportunity this summer to play, which I'm excited about.
0: So I'm a newer fan of the sport, so I got to ask: what's the difference between box lacrosse and regular lacrosse?
1: Um. So it's a lot different, especially between like girls, the girls game and box, Um, box lacrosse is played in a hockey rink, Um, you wear full equipment, I have shoulder pads, kidney pads, elbow pads, helmet on, gloves on, Um, you use a like a deeper pocket like a men's pocket basically, Um, you can hit um, and all that sort of stuff there's a 30 second shot clock so it's really, really quick, Um, but it's a lot of fun. Um, where the field game is more obviously you have more space in women's field, you have a shallower pocket, you don't have to wear all the equipment fit um, the physicality of the game isn't really part of it. It's more like skill based in a sense so um, they're very different but they're both really fun to play so I enjoy having the opportunity to play both and I feel like each game kind of gives me something that I can take into the other one which is uh, pretty neat.
0: What are some things they take away from your box lacrosse sort of playing? And how do you translate that to the field game?
1: Yeah, um, I definitely like the physicality. Like I can I can take a lot of pressure and I can handle that pressure kind of thing. And and um so I feel like that's from my box game. That's the reason I can do that in field. Um, and then shooting, I think I would say I'm a pretty good shooter. Um the box in box, you have a way smaller net and a larger goalie. So goalies wear all this equipment on, and they're pretty big. Uh, where in field, you have a larger net and a smaller goalie. So it's like complete opposite. So I would say like it helped me with like picking corners and shot placement and stuff like that because you have to be a little bit more selective and um, when it comes to the box game, just because you only have tight window of space to actually shoot the ball.
0: Well, since graduating college, you are now currently the head women's lacrosse coach for a school named Trent. So I want to ask you, uh, what's it the experience been like uh, being a coach and seeing the game in a different way?
1: Yeah, um, I started in 2019 after uh, my college, uh, last year of college. And it's been pretty neat. Like I tore my ACL my senior year of college. And um, so I kind of got like a little bit of a started coaching and I've coached like minor leagues growing up. Um, but kind of at that level, it's just it's so awesome to see like how much um, The players develop over the season and just being able to work with some awesome, awesome young women who are role models within the community and and seeing kind of like the other side of the ball like understanding what goes into the thought process of um who is where what we do like how we play defense like that sort of thing has been pretty neat and I think it's also helped me kind of grow my game a little bit more um when I step on the field as well and I can I'm able to take kind of more of like a coaching role um when I'm actually playing on the field so I think it's kind of allowed me to see um more of the field in a sense than before where as a player I feel like I I was very kind of I wouldn't say closed-minded but very like blind set or blinded with the way how how things are so seeing the other side of it and how much work goes into everything is is pretty cool
0: i want to transition and talk about uh the beginning of your lacrosse career and sort of work all the way up to where you are today so uh, you're from peterborough ontario in canada uh talk about growing up there and how did you start playing lacrosse
1: yeah um it's a very big lacrosse community we have a msl team so it's a major series lacrosse it's a summer league for men's and um we are very have a very big fan base um most games we get about three thousand people out which is really awesome and the community just comes together for it and and from our minor programs all the way up to that level like there's just so much support and um so many kids involved and parents and everything like that so we're very much a lacrosse community um and so obviously like my family is really big in lacrosse i have two cousins that play in the nll and i've had uncles that have Played professionally growing up and uh, played on the Lakers growing up as well. And so I feel like my that background kind of guided me into lacrosse. So I started playing box lacrosse. I never heard of field lacrosse until I was probably in middle school or um, upper elementary school. Um, so I started playing box when I was four years old with like a house league boys. Um, played that for a year or two. And then I actually quit um, to just because I. I don't even know why I think I got really mad um, because it hit me from behind and I kind of retaliated and I was told I can't do that. So I decided I'm like, okay, this isn't the sport for me and quit and started playing soccer. And then I went to lacrosse, the Lakers games in Peterborough, watching my cousins. I had at that time, I think I had three cousins on the team and I was kind of like, okay, I want to get back into this sport. So kind of drew me back into it and started playing on a girls box lacrosse team Um, around the age of probably eight or nine, um, and then kept playing box, um, until I found out about field. And then I started playing both, um, throughout the summer, um, until I went to college.
0: Now, did, who was like your favorite lacrosse players to watch growing up?
1: Definitely my cousins. Um, I feel like I get my like edge the way that they play. They play with like a lot of like grit. Um, they're very aggressive. They go hard to the net. Um, but they're also very like selfless as well. Um, and I feel like I like to watch how they play and and what they um, emulate on the field or the floor. Um, like I, they're both, like they're all, there's so many of them that I think about it. Um, they all kind of have different styles of play and I've tried to like incorporate all those things into my game. Um, definitely Sean Evans, um, he's had a really amazing career. Um, he's definitely probably the one that I look up to the most. Um, And he's also guided me and helped me out a lot. And now I coach his daughter um, in lacrosse. So it's pretty, it's kind of like full circle, which is pretty cool.
0: Now, before college, you played for the St. Peter Secondary School. Um, Talk about your lacrosse experience there and uh, what you take away from that.
1: Yeah, um, high school lacrosse is definitely a lot different up here than it is in the States. I feel like it's a lot more emphasized, um, but it's obviously really cool. I got to um, play with some girls that never really played lacrosse before and it kind of was it was neat to like guide them and and show them how amazing this sport is and a lot of them really enjoyed it um definitely um just like I don't know like a, that was kind of like my first kind of starting of like my coaching experience because like I said like I was teaching a lot of girls how to play how to cradle there was girls running up the field that they had their sticks like flat and they're just like basically just moving it back and forth um but it was a lot of fun and and we one of bron- two bronze medals, um, which is pretty neat, and um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Definitely um, a cool experience. Like I said,
0: oh, uh, what's like the best memory we have from St. Peter's?
1: Definitely, um, I think it was a bronze medal game. I think we were playing Holy Cross, which is another school in Peterborough, and they had like a lot of strong lacrosse players on their team. And um, I think it was my last year of high school, and um, we had a couple of lacrosse players, not as many as Holy Cross did. And we just had an amazing game and we all kind of came together and played a complete game and, and came out with that medal, which was, was pretty awesome. We were the underdogs definitely in that game. So um, I think that's a memorable experience for me, especially in my last year with them as well.
0: Now, how did your experience with St. Peter's lacrosse help prepare you uh, for your college lacrosse days with Canisius and then eventually with Maryland your fifth year?
1: Um definitely was very helpful um it got me in really good shape for sure um as I was kind of more of like a big role player on the team like I carry the ball up the field and was the one making a lot of plays um so I feel like it kind of allowed me to build confidence going to my college game knowing that um that I'm a reliable player on the field and that they can look to me and and have me support and help the ball up the field and finish when I needed to. So definitely helped build my confidence for sure.
0: Now, you also represent your country in various tournaments, including winning a gold medal in the U19 World Championship back in 2015. Uh, What's it like getting the chance to represent your country and talk about winning a gold medal for Canada and putting on the Maple Leaf?
1: Yeah, um, I always thought I was going to play Team Canada hockey growing up just cause I feel like that's just a big thing up here. Um, so I, the first time I ever saw team Canada women's lacrosse was actually at Trent university. Um, it was 2009, uh, U19 world championships. And I thought that was pretty neat. And that's when I was kind of starting around the age where I was like, okay, like which sport is my sport? Like everybody has like their niche and their, their go-to sport. And I was kind of in between hockey and lacrosse. Um, and when I saw that, I feel like that kind of triggered me into being like, okay, I think lacrosse is my sport, um, knowing that I had the opportunity to go to college and um, play for Team Canada. So after that, my goal was to play on the U19 team. And the first time I tried out was for the 2011 team and I got cut. I was only 13 years old. So um, I was very young at the time and still kind of developing my my game. So that was kind of like an eye-opening experience too. So, and I knew I had the next opportunity to try out. So I tried out for the 2015 one and and I made the team and we had a really strong group of girls um, going into that tournament and everybody just kind of came together and just knew that we could do it. And obviously, like I said, I've always thought I was going to play team Canada hockey, but um, lacrosse obviously is an amazing opportunity. And um, just putting that Maple Leaf is just an honor. And I feel like every time that I get to do it, it's kind of more and more special just as I get older and my time on the floor or on the field is is m- more minimal than it has been. Um, but all in all, like it's a, such an amazing experience and I'm, I'm so grateful every time that I get to do it. And the first time I think was probably my most memorable because I was like, I finally did it. It was kind of like a weight off my shoulders. Um, just being like, wow, like I'm here. I'm with this group of girls and um, I'm representing my country and making all the, like my teammates proud and my family and my community proud, which was, was really special. And then coming out with that gold medal, it was, that game was crazy. It was like five seasons in one, or four seasons in one game. It like snowed, it hailed, it rained, it was sunny, it was crazy and coming out with that win and having that, it was the very first like women's Canada lacrosse gold medal ever. Um, was amazing and it still gives me goosebumps and I know like my parents were there and my grandparents and some family and like it was such a special moment for all of us because again it's it's like we've done it we've we've worked so hard my whole life trying to get to this moment um for like the, the young girls and myself as a little girl like being like wow this is this is just incredible so definitely something I remember forever and um just a special moment in my life for sure
0: who well, um where do you keep the medal today?
1: um I have like a shadow box in my parents basement um so it has like my jersey my medal and then like the mesh as well yeah so eventually when I have my own house I will um take that with me (laughs) so it'll be kind of a bare basement but yeah
0: who are some like other like well-known women's lacrosse players that are from Canada
1: uh Dana Dobie is one that I think of right away um she's had a large impact on women's lacrosse in general. Um, she went to Maryland as well and has played in, I don't even know, four or five world cups now. Like, and she still keeps going, which is like amazing. And she's just so skillful. Um, then there's like Selena Lasota. She went to Northwestern. Um, Lydia Sutton, she went to USC, Megan Keno, she went to Northwestern. Um, I feel like there's so many more that I could probably name as well. And I feel, feel like the next generation there's just so many so much more talent coming through like the pipeline which is is awesome for the sport especially in Canada so it's really exciting and I feel like there's going to be a lot of Canadian names coming up that people are going to know in the lacrosse community
0: now talk about your recruiting process with Canisius and what made you want to go there versus other schools we were looking at at that time
1: um I had very little recruitment to be honest um I did like maybe like three tournaments in the states and I got some offer, like reach outs, but no offers. And I think Teeter came up to watch another player um, in a box across tournament and I was playing in that. And he saw me and he reached out to my coaches. um, And then kind of from there, kind of just snowballed. Um, Obviously it's really close to home, which was super nice. I'm very close to my family. So it was awesome for them to come down and watch um, multiple games. And I wanted to be a teacher and they have a really awesome teaching program, especially now that I live back in Ontario. Uh, New York State is and Ontario do a really good job of kind of being going back and forth. Um so it was an easy, smooth process, like transitioning into the Ontario education system. Um and then Coach Teeter, um, just as a Canadian coach and um as the head coach of Team Canada as well, like that connection was was something that like I cherish. So Um, there's so many factors and then just being on the campus and knowing that I was probably going to be a starter or playing a lot um, and kind of building that program so I thought that was kind of something that was enticing as well.
0: What was like the biggest adjustment you had to make to college lacrosse when you were with Canisius?
1: Um, It's definitely a lot faster pace so just kind of getting used to that I think my freshman year I was just kind of going through the motions a lot and I like I had a decent season and and I and I worked hard and that was kind of like my season that I kind of got my feet kind of wet and then after that I had my first World Cup and then I came back and I just felt like kind of more confident in my abilities and where I stood on the field kind of thing but definitely the fact it's a lot faster paced than I was expecting.
0: Now you got to play in the MAAC uh, what's it like playing in that conference and just the competition that you faced um every game when you're with Canisius?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a really good conference. Um it's kind of a mid-major uh program. So it's not at the highest of the the conferences, but it is a strong competitive um conference. There like a lot of the teams like Fairfield and Marist, we always battled against them in Monmouth. Um definitely, like I said, the fast pace and there's so many talented players that were in that conference as well and and they helped me kind of build um the player that I am too like I don't think I would be where I am without where I played so um definitely it is a competitive conference that was was something that was it was challenging for our team but definitely um, a lot of fun to play against some of the, the talent that was there
0: now during your freshman year your team lost in the MAC championship game uh what'd you learn from that loss that helped you and your team moving forward
1: Um, I think it just kind of helped us realize that like, we can't just go through the motions kind of thing. Like we had a talented group and I felt like sometimes we kind of took that for granted. Um, so I think the year after we just learned that no matter what, yes, we're talented, but we need to be the hardest working team on the field. Um, and I definitely my junior or my sophomore's junior year, um, that was evident. Um, we had a really strong core group, um, and a strong like leadership group as well. And we kind of just um, down and and got stuff done and worked hard all season. Like our always, our goal is to win that MAC championship and hopefully move on in the NCAA tournament. So obviously we have to get there through our championship. So, um, we always strive for that. And we had a lot of competitors on our team, which was awesome. Um, but definitely it kind of just kind of made us realize that like talent doesn't win games; it's the hard work that you put into it.
0: Now your team finally did win a your first MAC championship, beating Monomouth. Uh, what was it like winning the MAC championship that season? And just uh, what did it mean to you personally?
1: Um, Definitely, I know like for a lot of girls on our team, like some of them never won a championship in their life before. So it was really special for them. And and for me, just like obviously putting in, you put in so much work throughout the season. And obviously that's what our goal is every year. And, and to accomplish that, um, like I said, kind of gives that little weight off your shoulders, like the hard work that you put in day in and day out was a success um and then you're I kind of felt like you're able to breathe a little bit but it was so exciting and and I especially after the year before not winning um it was definitely something that uh, we were gunning for and and it's always fun winning with your best friends and and hoisting hosting that trophy so um it was a lot of fun and and some again something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life like I said with my best friends doing what we love on the field so it was it was pretty special
0: Now, you played Cornell in your first ever NCAA tournament game. What did you take away from that game? And against Cornell, obviously, it didn't go your way, but I feel like it was sort of like your first MAC championship game you played. You probably learned a lot from that, and it probably helped you moving forward.
1: Yeah, um, it definitely was a really cool experience. There was a lot of people at that game, and and Cornell is a beautiful campus, Um, and they had a really strong team that year. And we we competed with them, which was really awesome. it was a very close, I it was a very close game from the start. Um, and again, obviously didn't go the way we planned, but it kind of was something that we learned from going forward um and kind of helped us elevate our game in the year after for sure.
0: Now, throughout your three years with Canisius, what would you say was the biggest improvement you made to your game?
1: Um I I think my confidence was like the biggest thing. I know going into college, like I did have a little bit of confidence, but um, just knowing that, like, I'm a strong player, I can go to net when I want to, like, I can be strong on defense, and I, I grew my defensive game, for sure, um, I feel like my first year, like, that was something that I lacked in, I know how to score goals, um, but defense was, I wanted to be an all-rounded midfielder, that was my goal, um, and I feel like coming out of college, I, I I gained that experience, and I gained that skill, for sure, um, building my, my physicality on defense, and um, smart plays and timing and things like that for sure.
0: Yeah. And obviously confidence is an interesting thing because I feel like it's so easy uh, to lose confidence, like a single play, you can lose your entire confidence, but it's so hard to gain confidence. Like It can take like five or six games for that to happen. So how'd you sort of work on that uh, during your career?
1: Um, I think it helps with having your teammates and, and the people around you, like your coaches, just believing in your abilities and Anytime that I would talk with my coach, um, he always had faith in me and believed in everything that I did. Um, so that's always something that's that's kind of stuck with me. And I've been lucky to have some amazing coaches in my career that have supported me. And obviously I have amazing parents that have been there through thick and thin and and their confidence in me and kind of being my coaches behind the scenes too. Like my dad has a really great lacrosse background and uh, he's so knowledgeable and and my mom's just a big huge supporter and obviously she's she's supported me through everything and so has my dad and so just having that kind of like group around you that kind of helps build your confidence and they have they know what you can do and helps kind of make me realize that I have the ability to be um who I am and and be successful in the field
0: now during your senior year you had to redshirt due to a torn ACL um how did this injury occur and how would you sort of handle the adversity of not playing, but trying to recover and get back on the field?
1: Um, so it happened in a fall ball tournament in um, Maryland at Loyola. Um, it was like our second or first game. And I was kind of like running down the field. And I went to dodge a girl and I heard a pop and I kind of just fell to the ground. Um, and then got an MRI like a couple days later and um, found out like, I tore my ACL and part of my meniscus. Um, it was definitely tough. I feel like that was the first year in my life since I was probably like seven or eight that I have not played lacrosse. So it was kind of a weird adjustment also in my college career, being a starter every year and being on the field and being a part of that was tough, but, um, it kind of helped me realize, like I said, touched on like the coaching earlier, like it helped me realize the bigger aspect of the game and those little things. And kind of helped me be a better teammate too I feel like um I was so supportive and so excited for everybody's little accomplishments that they had and and that was that was pretty cool for me and yeah while I was going through something tough I was obviously wanted to be there for my teammates that that were on the field and, and playing and hoping the best for them obviously um and then just through like recovery and stuff, like obviously my goal was to get back on the field. And that motivation really helped me to work hard and and take the time. Cause I think at first I was just like, I just want to get through this as quick as possible. But a lot of people helped me realize that um you gotta take your time and make sure that you recover well and properly and and um everybody goes at their own pace and their own journey. It's just in the end result, like just coming back, your ability to be able to come back on the field is going to be the biggest accomplishment out of it all, for sure.
0: Now, since you registered, you got an extra year of eligibility and then decided to go to Maryland. Um, How does the transfer process work? And why did you decide to go to Maryland? Because I feel like it was a lot harder to transfer when you were in college than it is now. Oh,
1: yeah, 100%. Um, (laughs) There was no like portal. So I had to, so when when it happened, I um was like i don't know what i'm gonna do am i gonna stay here or i just gonna graduate and be done and i had a lot of people reach out to me and being like what are your plans for next year and i'm like i don't really know so they were kind of like um i had a couple team canada teammates tell me like you should look into going somewhere else um which i kind of thought about and um a lot of my friends were graduating anyway so it would have been weird um i had a lot of friends in my undergrad as well and like the lower Um, grades as well, but just like my core group of friends were going to be gone. So that was going to be tough. Um, And then I kind of sat down with my parents and we kind of made a list of schools that I was thinking about. So Louisville was one of them because that's where Coach Teeter, who was my coach at Canisius, he moved to that school that same year in the fall. Um, And then I had Syracuse um, because Gary Gate was one of my um, Team Canada coaches when he was on the women's side. Um, And then I was looking at Maryland um, because one of my Team Canada teammates said that would be a good, she felt that would be a good fit. And Kathy was asking about me, which was was pretty cool. And then UNC was my uh, fourth one. So I had to personally reach out to each of these schools on my own and just say um, I was interested in transferring and I would be a grad student. Some schools can, can't take grad students, so I had to make sure that they were eligible to do that. Um, and then... Marilyn was the, literally like, I'm not even kidding, like the next day, Marilyn was like, reached out to me. They're like, we really want you to come visit. So we set up a visit and Kathy would message me every day being like, we really want you to come here. And she would just talk about the school and and the uh, community that they have and the team and the family aspect that they had. Um, So then I went down and visited and Literally, automatically, I was just like, this is where I want to be. It just felt like I was comfortable. The girls were great. The coaching staff was great. The campus was beautiful. And obviously, we know the history of Maryland lacrosse and how many amazing players and championships that they've won there is, is crazy. So I was like, I can't pass up this opportunity. And um, I kind of took into like, consideration like who was going to be there, what players, like the whole aspect of that as well. Because obviously there was some really awesome teams throughout the country, um, but that one just felt like the best fit. They had a really strong group coming back, so I thought it was my best opportunity to win a national championship.
0: At what point during the year did you know your team was capable of it? Probably very early on, based on the games I was like, when I was doing the research for for, from your team that year.
1: Yeah, um, well, the year before they lost to Boston College in the semis of the Final Four. So I feel like a lot of them, especially the upperclassmen, were very like. Just that was not Maryland lacrosse. They were like, we need to get back to where we were, and just from the very get go, like fall ball, the first day of school, like it was evident within the the group that like this is going to be our year. Um, we had our ups and downs for the season, and it would like any team would, um, but I think as a collective group, like just the amount of like competitiveness and and tenacity and amazing talent that we had like you just knew that there's something special for sure.
0: Now when you were with Maryland your team was one of the top ranked teams in the country only losing one game Uh, so how did your team sort of handle uh, the pressure of being one of the top ranked teams in the country but also how did your team sort of maintain that consistency throughout the regular season?
1: I think with Maryland it's just kind of part of the program in itself like you're always going to be a top team in the country so um for a lot of them um they're just used to it but i think the coaching staff does a really really good job of um just kind of keeping everybody humble um keeping everybody kind of aware of what our goals are and um making sure that like we're focused on ourselves we really focus in um on what Maryland lacrosse is and what we can do as a team, and not so much about the stuff outside of our kind of group. So I think the coaching staff does an amazing job of making sure that the players focus on what is best for Maryland lacrosse and what we can do as a group, and not so much on about the outside kind of talk or the the things that can distract us. Um, but I think also the group, like I said. A lot of them have been in that position before um, that senior group already won a national championship. They knew what it took and take. So um, we just had a strong leadership group that really kind of brought everybody together and and made sure that we knew what, what we're capable of and what we need to do to make sure that we got back on top.
0: Now, what's it like playing in the Big Ten and just the competition you have every game? because. I think it's one of the best conferences in women's college lacrosse. I think it was evident this past season with Northwestern winning it. And obviously the success that you have had at Maryland. So what's it like sort of being a part of the big 10 and just playing those teams every game?
1: Yeah. Like um, Kathy and Kenneth and Caitlin put together like a really strong um, schedule each year. Um, and obviously the big 10 already a, is a strong conference. And I feel like a lot of the teams that are in it are still kind of, getting better and better each year um but definitely it just like every game was a battle every game you don't you don't know like i feel like sometimes in when i was in the mac like you kind of knew going in like this team you're just going to maybe roll over but i feel like in the big 10 it's whoever shows up that day and you really had to be um in that mindset and ready to go and ready to just take the field and and give it your all that day. So, um, definitely a different experience in the Mac. Um, there was just a lot of strong and amazing players and, and a lot of them were on my team, which was, was really nice as well. And, um, I got us definitely ready for the, uh, playoff push for sure. I think, um, playing that such a competitive schedule really, really makes you ready for that come May, um, when it's like, time to really dig in and and get things done
0: now your only loss of the season came to northwestern in the big 10 championship game after that loss uh what's your what was your team sort of mindset heading into the national tournament
1: um i remember kathy saying like this was definitely needed um like the loss was definitely something that we needed i think um going before that obviously being undefeated i think that also kind of mentally does get to you sometimes because obviously you want to have that undefeated season which can be really is really tough to do um so I think after that loss we kind of as a group collectively um and as our coaching staff um collectively we're just like this is needed it's all new now um that's in our past we learned from our mistakes we knew what things that we needed to clean up on that we kind of got away with in the regular season that we didn't get away with in that game and so we had to make sure that we clean those up going into playoffs so that we could obviously it was do or die you lose you're out so it taught us what we needed to clean up on for sure and and we emphasized those in practice and and those were our goals each game was to make sure we clean up those things like turnovers and shot placement and stuff like that and um i feel like in that game we really we got behind on them and we couldn't catch up um, and they're that they had a really strong team that year as the Northwestern always does. Um, but I think we just didn't play our game. And, and again, we had to focus on ourselves and what we needed to work on. So
0: now, your team did not have an easy road to the national championship, having to beat four top 20 opponents, including Boston college in the national championship game, who was ranked second at that time. Uh, what was the key for your team's success in the tournament playing against those top teams?
1: Um, I think, again, we just focus on ourselves. We focus on what Maryland lacrosse is and what we what we can accomplish. And I thought that's something that really stood out to me, like throughout um, that season. It's amazing how much when you focus on your strengths and you focus on the group that you have in front of you, how that can be so beneficial. Like, I feel like sometimes when you focus on the other team, you overthink things you overdo things on the field and when you focus on what you can do and how you can be successful um it's really something that's that's amazing and um that's what we always try to strive for each game is just focus on what we can do and what Maryland Lacrosse is and we played our game we played our game strong and and um especially in that game that's a really tough game it was hot out Boston College had an amazing team and you can see it defensively. We had our, probably our best game of the season. Um, we just played as a collective group and and really um, shut down a talented offense. And that just comes from our group, our leadership group, our coaches, just believing in ourselves and what we can do on the field for sure.
0: Now, it's been four years, but uh, obviously you have had a lot of time to reflect on it. But describe to me what it's like winning a national championship and sort of what goes through your mind.
1: Um, definitely something that's tough to do. Not many people get the opportunity to one play in that game, but two to actually win. Um, And especially for me, for somebody that um, was coming off of injury, transferring to a new team, learning new um, defense and offense and learning how to play with new players. It was a challenge, but um, something that I'm going to remember and is something that's so special. um, I just remember like when I tore my ACL somebody was like, it's like a blessing in disguise. I wouldn't have had the opportunity to transfer and, and be able to compete for that national championship if I didn't. Um, so definitely it's something that I will cherish and something that like pushes me in my everyday kind of life to like knowing like what I put, had to put myself through and what I had to go through to get to that point, like, um, is something that like, has taught me a lot about who I am as a person too. So definitely something I will cherish for the rest of my life and, and look back on and smile about for sure.
0: Do you have a ring for it and where do you keep it?
1: Yeah. um, I do have a ring, um, which was really cool. And then we got to go to the white house as well, which was pretty neat. Um, But it is on my mantle in my living room.
0: And do you ever go back to Maryland just to see the trophy? I'm assuming it's somewhere in the facility.
1: Uh, yeah, I haven't been back actually in a very long time because of COVID and, um, with work and stuff. Um, but we all got you, everybody gets like a miniature version of the big okay. trophy. So I have that with my ring on, on my mantle as well.
0: That's awesome. Well, yeah. what, what, what will you take away from your college lacrosse experience when you look back on it now?
1: Um, something that went by really, really fast. You, you get there your freshman year and you're just like, oh, I have four years of this, like. Like all the, the hard practices and stuff like that. But um looking back on it, it's just like the memories I've made with friends. I met so many amazing people. I got an education out of it, which is something that is awesome. Um, and not a lot of people get to do. Um and get to play the sport that I love every day, day in and day out. And during the time when I was there, some days I would be like, why am I here? Um, but now looking back at it is something that I miss dearly. Like I miss being able to play and be around my friends every day and playing the sport that we love. And it's something that I look back on and and um, cherish and just t- I tell all my kids that I coach and um, just like be present in the moment because it goes by really, really quickly. And I feel like I'd never realized that until afterwards um but it just there's so many special moments that I've had on the field off the field and um, definitely is a big part of my kind of life for sure even though it's a very small stint um it's something that again has taught me so much and that I'm able to take into my daily life as well the skills that I learned from that too
0: so we're now in a segment I like to call the non-lacrosse segment, where I ask you some non-lacrosse questions as I get to know you a little bit more off the field. So first one is, what music do you like to listen to? Um,
1: I am all over the place, I feel like, with my music. If you would look at my Apple music, um, like I like, but I think my favorite's country. I feel like that's the one that I listen to most, but I listen to dance and I listen to pop and I old rock and new rock and I'm very definitely all over the place with my selective choice.
0: Yeah, I'm the same way. I have a playlist for like every genre of music. So, whatever yeah. mood I'm in, I just go to that one. So, I feel like you can't listen to one specific genre that just gets boring. So, but country's yeah. definitely been something that's been on the rise for my musical taste. Like, I like Morgan Wallen and all those guys. So, yeah. uh, probably basic, but I definitely enjoy myself as well.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I get to see Morgan Wallen in September. So
0: nice. And where yeah. is he heading on to?
1: Uh, Toronto.
0: Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. I'm excited. I wish I could go, but it just doesn't work with my schedule right now. But have a good time at that. I'm very jealous. Thank
1: you.
0: Um, Next one is, uh, what is the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week?
1: Oh, my goodness. I feel like I read a lot of things and I can't. Um, I don't know why, but I've been really into the 1% Club. I don't know if you've ever seen that or heard of that.
0: Uh, i think isn't it with like business people who are like no it's like work?
1: um it's like a trivia show
0: oh i've never like, heard it's of, out it. of
1: australia and it's all over my tiktok and it's just like i you have like so you work your way down from um the 90 percent question so like 90 percent of people will get this question right and then you work your oh, down okay. way down to the one percent question so i don't know i've just been really on that and i think it's kind of neat and some of the questions are really stupid but like it makes you think but I don't know that's something i guess weird that i've watched recently
0: mine's probably pretty basic just the nhl draft and seeing where some of the guys ended up and yeah. obviously um being a bruins fan none of the guys no they didn't have a first round pick so i didn't get to see them make any oh, picks true. but yeah.
1: um
0: i think bedard's gonna be a stud and excited to see Fantilli and all those guys he in is the really good um yeah are you a leafs fan
1: i am a leafs fan my uncle played for the leafs a long time oh, ago wow. like not very like I don't even know how long you played but like I feel like if you live close to Toronto for the most part you're a Leafs fan even though it's a sad choice but
0: yeah (laughs) well as a Bruins fan I can't uh I'm not gonna apologize for some of the heartbreak that we gave you guys but I feel like whenever we give you guys a heartbreak it's some it always comes back to us at some point so I feel like uh we eventually have to deal with it later in the playoffs sometimes
1: there was one time I was in Buffalo and I was going to watch my cousin play because he played for the Bandits at one point. And I was staying in the one hotel and I think the Bruins were playing either the next night against uh, the Sabres. And I was running on the treadmill and one of the players from the Bruins came into like the little gym that was there And I was like, I don't know who this person is, but they had like a bunch of, and like they had like people with them, like making sure that they were okay and stuff. But I was like, oh. And then I went went upstairs to tell my dad because he's like a hockey guy. (laughs) He's not a Bruins fan, and I was like telling him who was in there. He's like, you should have punched him in the face, (laughs) but as a joke. But like, you know, the rivalry between the two teams. Oh yeah! Oh yeah!
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I think the Leafs, <laughs> if uh, they keep Austin Matthews, definitely have a chance to win a cup. Um, well, I know hopefully. that might be a hot take, but we'll see what happens. Might with be that. a hot
1: take, for sure.
0: <laughs> uh, n- next non-lacrosse question is, uh, who had the best off-the-field style on Maryland? Oh
1: my gosh. Um, There's a lot of people. Jen Giles has, like, a, she's very, like, formal, but she always had really nice stuff. Um I don't know. I feel like styles have changed so much that it's like I don't even know. I feel like everybody's style now is like was bad back then. <laughs> even though it's only been like 4 or 5 years, but like it's changed so much.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I think that would be my pick. She just had nice dresses and clothes and she always just looked good mm-hmm. and I was Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh my answer will be Erica Evans. So oh, I think you had the best style on the team. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I appreciate that.
0: Last non-lacrosse question is what is one item on your bucket list that you hope to accomplish one day?
1: Um. Well, I just checked one off my list. I just ran a marathon. Um,
0: wow. Congrats.
1: Two, three weeks ago now. So that was on my bucket list, but I think the next one would be um, skydiving. I really want to do that or, um, my goal is to reach 100 countries but right now it's not looking very likely so i'm gonna what would probably shrink it to like 50 countries so at least try to get a couple maybe in the next couple summers checked yeah. off the list I really want to go to greece and i really would like to go to like croatia and uh italy
0: i would say for me travel sort of same thing with you i've never been to the west coast of north america so i'd love to see that like British Columbia, Alberta, and the Canadian side of things, but then oh, like California and Nevada and all those spots. i definitely love to see that. And then hot air balloon. I want to try that. That looks like a lot of fun.
1: I went to Arizona in February and the one morning I was on my way to the lacrosse rink and um, they must do it in the morning and at night, but they have people go up in hot air balloons. It does look really cool.
0: Yeah. Just to see all the landscape and stuff. I definitely yeah. want to see. That'd definitely be a fun experience. So. Uh, getting back to some lacrosse questions now for the younger players listening to this, what advice would you give them on what it takes to be a college lacrosse player like you were?
1: I think that there's something about playing multiple sports that's really important. Um, Like I said, I grew up, I played soccer, I played a lot of hockey as well. um, And then I played box and field. And I think I've taken so much from all the other sports that I've played and I've been able to put it into my own game. um. So I feel like being able to kind of continue and not just focus on one sport is, is really important. And I hear that a lot through like other players um, in other sports too, like hockey um, and things like that. It's just, you can take so much and you're working different muscles and you're learning new things and you're getting ideas and how you can implement that into your game. It's just going to make you a better player in my opinion. And, and you see it, like all the girls that I've, played against and played with they've all grew up playing different sports so not just focusing on one but being able to have fun and get, taking a break I think the the break is kind of nice um, um, and being able to play other sports is really important and then um, like I kind of touched on earlier is just kind of living in the moment and I tell me and my coaches for my one team that I coach on now we always tell our girls like enjoy this like you're gonna one day you're not gonna be able to do this and you need to enjoy every single moment that you're able to have a stick in your hand and, and play with your friends and things like that. So I think that's something important as well as enjoying it, because if you're not enjoying it, then it's just not fulfilling you as a person either. So making sure you are enjoying it and, and wanting to be there is is really important.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think uh, I remember talking to a coach and he said a lot of players don't play multiple sports anymore now. It's very rare. And he said it makes you just a better overall athlete, but also eliminates burnout. So when you do eventually choose the one sport you want to pursue, you like enjoy and it's you're going to enjoy it more, I guess. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So I definitely agree Mm -hmm. with you on that. Um, One more question is uh, what should be done to help grow women's lacrosse from your perspective?
1: Sorry, can you repeat that?
0: Uh, What should be done to help grow women's lacrosse from your perspective?
1: Um, I think just more more televised games. I think that's something that's really big. Um, And I think it's starting to progress. Definitely. Um, I think there's some, places that can do a better job of supporting their women's side. I feel like sometimes the men's side, they push more, whether it's television or camps or opportunities and things like that. But, um, and men have so many professional opportunities as well, especially that they have box and they have field For the women's side. We don't have that as much. Um, what's really exciting is that there's going to be a women's box world championship which will be the first one in 2024. So that's something that's really big. Um, but I think just like the support, um, you find that a lot of girls, once they get to college or even like halfway through high school, they start to quit their sports. Um, and it's has to do a lot with um, just their experiences. So just making those experiences something that they will enjoy and want to continue with. Um, and then just having female representation, I think is big. And I grew up playing a lot of boys sports. And but when I grew up and switched to some of the girls sports, a lot of my coaches were men, and nothing against them, like they have such knowledge of the game. But as a as a young girl, you want to see somebody like you being your role model and being somebody that you can learn from and um, work with. So I think having that representation is really important. And that's something that is continuing to grow, which is exciting Um, in all sports, which is awesome. But I think in women's lacrosse, we do a really good job of trying to continue that um, as well.
0: Well, do you have any shots you want to give to any of your former teammates, family members, and friends, and who should we have on the pod next?
1: Um, Oh, obviously my parents, because I'm sure my mom will watch this. So hello, mom, Uh, (laughs) Lori, Uh, and then probably my family. Um, I've learned so much from them and, and my girls that I coach as well. My U17 Lakers, um, what an awesome group we have there and such a talented group too. I know a lot of them are going to have awesome futures in lacrosse if they continue with it. Um, And then, I don't know, who would you have on next? Who have you had on? It's my question.
0: I've had on a uh, Caroline Colonel from Villanova. We just okay. interviewed someone from Notre Dame and John Hopkins. So look, some really fun episodes coming out. But just trying yeah, to maybe awesome. maybe some uh, maybe some Maryland players. We gotta get more of them on.
1: Get some Canadians too. Um, Dana any would be a good. one. Dobie. Pardon?
0: Um, any good Canadian? lacrosse players currently in college
1: yeah there's a couple there's a Maddie Baxter she plays at Syracuse um Brooklyn Walker Welch would be a good one she plays at UNC and she's a defender there she's awesome um is really really um strong defender and somebody that's going to be on team Canada for the next I don't know how many years but she's awesome um that's somebody that I um I think would be a good fit for this podcast um there's so many that I feel like every year there's like more and more which is really exciting. Nice. Those are two that stand out.
0: We'll definitely reach out and see what happens. But I yeah. just want to say thank you so much, Erica, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. It means a lot to me. Uh, you're a great person and player. And I just want to let you know that. And I wish you nothing but the best uh, for your future endeavors.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you having me on here too. Uh, it was a lot of fun.